Hello and welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. I'm Caleb. And no, your ears do not deceive you. You are listening to my voice and not the sounds of our intro music quite yet. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're going to be taking a brief break for a couple couple weeks here. And uh, the reason being is we've got family in town and uh, finding the time uh, to record new episodes is going to be a little challenging over the next couple weeks. So what we wanted to do is maybe revisit some of our older episodes. Now, we have up to this date released 86-ish episodes. Uh, reason I say ish is because one episode in that grouping, I think, at least one, maybe two, were bonus episodes. These were episodes that were released in addition to our regularly scheduled episodes. So I think of our regularly scheduled ones. This is episode 87. That's quite a journey. Uh, We began this podcast back in the fall of 2020, uh, back in, I believe, October of 2020. And it's October of 2022. So two years of working through this podcast. And we have 86, 87 episodes to show for it. So that's pretty cool. Um, But this was episode number three, the one that we're revisiting today. And I think it's fitting for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, many of you are new listeners and probably haven't heard this episode before unless you went back and looked at the uh, backlog of episodes and got yourself caught up. Although, you know, 86, 87 episodes, that's difficult to catch up to. Uh, But If you have, kudos. You get bonus points. If you haven't, here's a chance to hear one of our favorite trips, an episode detailing our adventures in Washington, D.C. The second reason this is fitting is because next month, uh, over Thanksgiving, depending on when you're listening to this, obviously, uh, currently it is October of 2022, next month, November of 2022, uh, we are going to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. with our two daughters for Thanksgiving. Really excited about this. We're going to hit up some of our favorite spots, plus a couple of different spots that neither Chanel or myself have been to. Um, Our daughters have not been to Washington, D.C. Fern has not been out of the state yet. Uh, And Olive has never been to Washington, D.C. And she's excited about learning about it because I think it was last year in school, uh, they did a little unit study or something like that on Washington, D.C. And so she's excited to see some of the things that she learned about. Uh, so in anticipation of that, here for you today, in all its wonderful splendor, is our episode on Washington, D.C. We're going to talk about all the things that we enjoyed doing, where we stayed, um, some of our favorite food, all that good stuff. And as always, if you have any questions about travel, maybe you want to take a little trip to Washington, D.C., we would love to help put together a vacation package for you, an itinerary for your trip, all that kind of good stuff. Put our knowledge to the test, and we would love to put that together for you. So reach out to us, let us know. As well, something I just thought of just now, we have a brand new website. So our website, uh, up until very recently, looked a little bit bad, to put it mildly. Um, We've got a new one. It's a little cleaner, a little bit more efficient. So if you want to check that out, go to thatvacationco.com and uh, you can check out all the information about us and even drop us a line there if you're interested in taking a travel and we'll get back to you with um, some information about your dream destination. So let us know what we can do for you. And without further ado, here is Washington, D.C. Revisited. Thank you.
is That Vacation Co., and it's Caleb and Chanel. Today, we're going to be talking about Washington, D.C. We were just, we've just been in the mood lately. I guess it's election season, and everybody's thinking about that, and that's just got me thinking about um, Washington, D.C. and the experiences that we've had there. It's a place that we absolutely loved to travel to. Um, we also, Caleb and I, went there together in the fall. And because it's fall right now, I guess I'm just getting nostalgic thinking about our trip to D.C. that we took many years ago. And so we're just going to talk about that today. going to just talk about some of the places that we went and where we stayed and some of our favorite things that we did in our nation's capital. Cap- <laughs> capital. Our nation's capital. <laughs> so um, we'll start off with where we stayed. Yeah. Caleb, you can tell them a little bit more about where we stayed um, and how much we enjoyed the State Plaza Hotel. Well, you just told them where we yeah, stayed. Yeah, where so, we stayed. <laughs> yeah, so we stayed at the State Plaza Hotel, which is located on E Street in Washington, D.C., on the campus of George Washington University in the Foggy Bottom District. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was... Uh, a great hotel, um, pretty cool area. Honestly, I, I I think though we weren't by any means experts when we had looked into this. We were kind of newbies to the travel idea. Um, I think we stumbled upon a pretty great hidden gem. Uh, maybe not hidden to us; it was a little hidden. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great hotel, uh, affordable hotel in a really cool area of the city. Right. The campus was really beautiful at the time. Like we said, we went in fall. I want to say maybe late October was when we were there. And um, the weather was just perfect. Um, It was a great little area for walking, just a nice neighborhood, felt safe, Um, convenient access to the metro, um, convenient access to, I don't know, we were kind of near maybe like a little student union area. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the student union, I'm not sure, but um, there was a Dunkin' Donuts, there was a Potbelly's, which we discovered our yeah. love for Potbelly. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a, gr- it's a fabulous sub shop if you don't have them in your area. We don't have any in our area here, but anytime we stumble upon a Potbelly, we, we definitely walk in, and we're not endorsed by them, but we would be all for that, of course. <laughs> so Pop Belly, hit us up. We will let you be a sponsor of this right. podcast. So um, it was just a great location. Um, the hotel itself, I want to say, was built in the 60s. And you could definitely tell it was an older ha- hotel, but well, very well maintained and updated. The decor had been, you know, updated certainly since the 1960s. But you could tell some of the details um, in our hotel and in our room, you could tell it was an older hotel, um, but that was a very well-maintained, very clean. Um, it, I don't know. Our hotel room had a really cool like little kitchenette kind of a thing, yep. um, but you, like I said, you could tell um, it just sort of had that unmistakable vintageness to it. Um, it was just really, it was really nice accommodation, really great place to land at the end of the day. Not much time spent in the hotel when you're in D.C. because it's such a amazing city to go to and so much, so walkable. Um, but it was a great place to land at the end of the night. So after getting to our lovely hotel. And I just want to point out, since we were just talking about food, uh, the State Plaza Hotel at 
you know, we weren't even aware of this necessarily heading to it, but we really enjoyed uh, the food there at the hotel. They had a oh, really yeah, nice restaurant. Right. We had a really nice meal there. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, so it was all around great experience at the State Plaza Hotel. Um, that was that was a little while back. So if anybody stayed there more recently and you had an experience, whether it was similar or maybe not so great, um, let us know about that. But um, so after getting settled in that first evening, I think we got in. We got in that night. It, we got in at at nighttime and uh, set our things down and wanted to just kind of hit the streets. That's a major thing that we. Um, tell everybody when traveling, um, you may be tempted to turn in, you may be tempted to just, you know, go to bed if you're getting in later, or especially if you're having time zone, major time zone issues. But, um, we definitely say hit the streets if you can, if that's feasible and that's doable, even for just a little bit to orient yourself. Um, it's just a great idea to do and also to settle into your time your time frame, um, you know, if, especially if you're doing something international, you kind of want to as quickly as possible get on the rhythm of your destination. So um, this at the time was not a big, uh, I think we were talking an hour difference, so really nothing to, to deal with in far, as far as time zone. But we just wanted to hit the streets. So we, um, we looked up the closest uh, monument that we were near to was the Lincoln Memorial. We were maybe about a, I don't know, a mile's walk, maybe a 15 minute walk or so to the Lincoln Memorial. And so with, that was the first thing we did and it did not disappoint. Um, I had been to the Lincoln Memorial previously, uh, in fifth grade, I did a, you know, the obligatory nation's capital fifth grade trip, which was fabulous. I mean, just so much fun, so much fun that that's how I, you know, convince Caleb to go to DC again. Um, didn't take much convincing. He was all for it. So, um, I had been to Lincoln Memorial previously in the daytime as a student. And so we just decided that would be our first stop. And so we walked there. We're a little tired from all of our traveling, but, um, definitely highly recommend the Lincoln Memorial at night. It is just striking at night, much to me, much more so at night than in the daytime. Um, it's so beautifully lit. Abraham Lincoln just looks majestic sitting there upon his throne (laughs) and he's, you know, all the lights have just got the, the stone there is just gleaming and it's just a really beautiful striking sight at night. Um, the way that it's lit, beautiful for pictures. So highly recommend uh, doing the Lincoln Memorial at night, saving it for nighttime if that's a possibility, or returning at night if you do yeah, it do in both. the day. Do both. But uh, if you have one or the other, we say go at night. So that was our first night. Uh, after that, we crashed an early next morning. Um, you can take it from there, Caleb. Uh, yeah, so i trying to look at our list of show notes here. We went to the... Uh, you know, of course, we're going to do the, the capital, the U.S. Capitol tour um, and the Library of Congress. So I had at that time just read a book um, by a famous author, um, Mr. Dan Brown. Um, was that a little something called the uh, Da Vinci Code? No, it was not the Da oh, Vinci Code. Okay. I've actually never read the Da Vinci Code. Oh, so um, if you're... Uh, interested uh, in the book. It was The Lost Symbol. Um, A good book to read right before going to Washington, D.C. So it had all sorts of stuff about, 
you know, secret societies and all that good stuff. But um, it dealt with Washington, D.C. So I was all excited because I just read this book and it had all this information uh, about the U.S. Capitol and the Library of Congress. So um, as well, I think it, we had just watched recently before that the movie um, National Treasure 2. Um, and that'll come into effect with one of some, something else we did. Uh, but going to the U.S. Capitol was fun because there's a famous painting on the, uh, what's it called, the rotunda, uh, the Capitol Dome on right, the inside, yeah. called uh, the Antithesis of George Washington, where he's depicted on a throne, uh, kind of as divine. Uh, but it's a it's a beautiful painting, but uh, full of lots of mystery and Ooh. clues and um symbol symbols and all that kind of stuff of like freemasonry and and things like that but um that's for a different podcast altogether Were not feeling like not Nicholas that cage? vacation company oh i totally was feeling like nick cage who what where <laughs> um sorry uh i was all excited to do the library of congress tour as well but um we weren't able to get a tour in that we were only able to just kind of walk around the visitors portion, which honestly I was a little surprised it was a little limited. Um, but the 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 tour of the Capitol was fabulous. I mean, we got to see everything yeah. that you know they show people. Their tour guides are great. Um, yeah. If you've ever taken a a cap a tour of the Capitol, you probably know that. But um, to me, the most striking and memorable thing about that was actually um, the tour guide. You probably have experienced this if you've gone, but they're able to say hello and maybe, um, you know, a, f- a couple of phrases in probably most languages of the world, like most major languages and then some, because we had people in our tour group from um, Brazil, we had people in our tour group from China, and uh, perhaps a few other smaller Asian countries, Um just we had people from all over and our tour guide could say hello and maybe how are you or something like something to that effect um in all of those languages and very well and i just thought that was a unique and special touch you know here we are welcoming peoples from all languages um being hospitable that's to me that's the american way right uh give me your poor and tired muddled should be muddled, not muddled masses but <laughs> you know you know what i'm trying to say should be uh, a welcoming place i just it that was really touching to yeah. me to watch our tour guide welcome people from different languages and different cultures um just to welcome them to our country in their language i thought that was beautiful yeah. Uh, at the Library of Congress, one of the coolest things um, for me personally was being able to see uh, a copy of a Gutenberg Bible. Definitely. Uh, cool. I believe that there are maybe only four uh, Gutenberg Bibles remaining in the world. We'll have to check our facts. Uh, I'll check the facts on that. <laughs> I, I thought that I'd seen that. Um, but it was pretty awesome to see one. Um, of course, you're not technically supposed to take pictures because it's that delicate and um especially flash photography could do damage to it with the light. Um, so they definitely don't want you to do that. So that's one document that Nick Cage couldn't steal. <laughs> the library of Congress though is a beautiful building, um, beautiful place to walk into. Um, at the time I was actually a librarian of sorts. So it was interesting for that reason. Um, um, being a librarian at a, a college, we actually use the Library of Congress system. So it was it was interesting. Um, so from there, I'm not sure if that was the same day, but either the, that same day or the very next day, 
uh, we started to make our way down the mall and visiting some of the Smithsonian museums. Um, one of the surprises that we had, that I had especially, um, while killing some time waiting for, I think, one of the museums to open, because we were early birds just, you know, um, hitting the hitting the roads and being all excited and enthusiastic, got a little got there a little early for for one of the museums we were trying to get into, and noticed that the National Art Gallery was open. So we said, "Well, we've got some time to kill. Let's just go in there and knock around for thirty minutes, and uh, you know, kill some time. Might as well look at some artwork while we're at it." So um, we walked in. And we get going and we get our, you know, obligatory museum guide. And I'm looking on the guide and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Wow, this painting is there. Wow, that painting is there. You know, really famous, beautiful paintings, um, Van Gogh and and all these things. Um, I mean, the sunflowers were there. I just couldn't believe that that was in our National Gallery. Didn't know that at the time. And so we ended up spending way more time in the National Art Gallery than we had ever planned. Uh, it wasn't even really on our itinerary, or which it might I, have been. Which I think led to basically a run-through of the museum that we had intended to visit. Right. Was that which, the National the, uh, Natural History? Yeah, the Natural yeah. History Museum, which ended up being okay because we we really did have such a great time at, at the, National. the uh, National Gallery of Art that um, it, it made it worth it. and. I think that's the thing about travel that is always exciting, and I've mentioned this in our first episode, but uh, you know, I do like to have a plan. I like to have an agenda, but it is always fun when there's these cool surprises that come along and just blow you away, and so to be a traveler is to be able to embrace uh, some change and to embrace the unexpected because when it does happen, uh, it, it can it can be pretty amazing and then you've got really good stories to tell right so so yeah like we said I hadn't done much reading up on the National Art Gallery just I think it might have been on our contingency list like you know oh if we have extra time we'll pop in and we'll see because I kind of wanted to see some of the uh, the famous portraits of some of the founding fathers that they have there. I did want to see that. So got to see those. That was very cool. Got to see um, just some famous art that I had no clue was uh, in our National Art Gallery. I just didn't know. I was ignorant to it. So I had a wonderful time seeing um, some artworks by Van Gogh and um, just some other really beautiful things. There's a series there. Um, boy, and I wasn't even planning on talking about it, so I'd have to look up what it's actually titled, but a, a beautiful series of four paintings that a friend actually told us to look for um, that is a, a man's journey through lifetime, and it, and it depicts it by showing the four seasons. Um, so you've sort of got a, young, a very young man or even a child in the springtime, <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice there. You got a you got a young man in the springtime, uh, growing into adulthood in the summer, um, aging in the fall, and then finally you see him at the very end of his life in the winter. And I, I might not have that all entirely correct, but that was a beautiful series that I remember um, seeing at the gallery. Um, I'll have to look that up again for the accurate titles and um, the accuracy there. But that was just a uh, thought-provoking, beautiful series um, that you that I spent time looking at the details and um, all of that. It was a wonderful experience. So the National Art Gallery for us was probably one of the more surprising things that we popped into in D.C. Just didn't think it was something that we'd be that interested in, and it definitely was uh, really interesting for us. So 
from there, we definitely went on to some of the Smithsonian museums. I'll let Caleb lead with that and maybe talk about his favorite experiences at the Smithsonian's that we've visited. Yeah, so I think my favorite Smithsonian was probably um, the Space and Aeronautics. Um, I'm just going off the fly there. I can't remember exactly what the name of it is. I think that's right. But um, so being a kid of the 80s, being a Star Trek fan, being a Star Wars fan, and all of that good stuff, seeing like the space capsule and stuff like that, that was really cool. Um, so getting to check out all that stuff, they've got all sorts of exhibits there. Um, that was fun. Chanel was not as big of a fan of those things, but that's just, you know, where, you know, when you're, when you're traveling as a couple, there's always going to be things that you... Uh, do that are a little bit that uh, you put up with <laughs> yeah you you tolerate um, um but you can enjoy those things like to be honest with you um uh, when she's like hey let's go kill some time at the national gallery i was like oh come on and i really didn't want to do it but then we went in and i was like blown away and to the degree that now when we travel if there's something like that i full-heartedly embrace it yeah we embrace we now embrace our art galleries anywhere that we find them they're just great places to go and um, be contemplative, have quiet moments, um, because we are often very on-the-go vacationers and very on-the-go. So museums just pro- provide uh, that more quiet, a little bit slower pace. So we like to work those in now anytime we travel. Um, we definitely get a little bit of art in. So for me, the Smithsonian Museums, um, I had been to the um, – to the again might be probably getting the title wrong Caleb maybe you can look this up while I'm saying it but the um, National Air and Space Museum that was the one that's what I was just talking about oh yeah no, I know I thought you were going to check the title on it oh. so um so the um I had been there that was the one Smithsonian that I went to as a kid when I went to DC it was all that we had time for they blew us through it just to show us a few key things uh the smithsonian national air and space museum there's the actual correct name for it um so they blew us through it as a kid um i remember standing on the scale that tells you how much you weigh on the moon and that's about all i remember (laughs) but i mean it's got some really cool things there no it absolutely does it's got you know the the one of the planes that the uh Wow. I think it's got Amelia Earhart's plane. It's I, got, I totally uh, blanked on the name of the people, but the guys who... Uh, the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers. Wright brothers. I, I could think of their first names, Orville and Wilbur, but I couldn't think of yeah. their last name. <laughs> um, one of their planes, it's got, I think, the Spirit of St. Louis. Um, you know, It's got all these great things. The, the lunar module that landed on the moon. Like... All these like amazing things that, as a child growing up, being obsessed with all things sci-fi and cool and all sorts of boy stuff. In outer space. Outer space. Yeah. Like those things just totally were up my alley. Um, so that might be your thing, and even if not, it's got some cool things. So if it's, it could be a contingency list thing for you. That's what it would be for me. Um, just like, oh yeah, if we have time, we'll get to that. But I will say they had an exhibit going on the on the f- um, ground level. Um, I think it was a rotating exhibit that was very interesting for me that time, and it was about sort of the history of commercial flight. Um, and so it sort of went through the history of, you know, what flight attendants or, you know, stewardesses, as they were called back then, you know, what they, how they were trained and what they would have wore and how, you know, um, 
the ways that they were trained to interact and and just the way flight was sort of back in the you know the 60s and and things like that that was really that really was interesting i'm pretty sure that was probably not a permanent exhibit so uh but that was that was fun to see so that's just again goes to show you sometimes pop into places that you maybe you wouldn't expect and you might be surprised at what you find and if you just recently watched the netflix documentary on the challenger disaster i believe the smithsonian national space and air air and space museum has it, the um discovery um space shuttle so um that would be pretty cool to check out um see one of those in person so other cool. the other smithsonians um we did do a short stint in the uh, Natural History Museum, like we said, that got cut short because we ended up spending so much time in the National Art Gallery. Uh, but we did a, a quick flyby, and there we got to see the Hope Diamond, which was super cool. I was that was really the main thing I wanted to see in the Natural History Museum. Um, other than that, I'm not super excited about seeing lots of taxidermied animals, but that can be cool too, I suppose. Um, and we also did the um, uh, the National um, the History Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that. Just lots of pop culture things were there. Um, that was fun to see. What I most enjoyed and was most looking forward to see, uh, probably two things. Uh, the First Lady's inaugural gowns, which is an incredible um, exhibit. Uh, definitely a recommended thing to see. Um, and then um, Julia Child's Kitchen. Not sure if it's still currently set up. Might be. But um, that was definitely set up when we went, and I'm a huge Julia Childs fan. Uh, Boof, bourguignon, anybody. Um, And so it was really cool to see her kitchen all set up the way that she would have had it. Um, They meticulously set everything up just how she would have it with her pegboards and everything, everything in its place. Um, So that was really cool to see Julia Childs kitchen so that was that's sort of our run through most of the smithsonians yeah now Um, one of the surprises of the smithsonians um which we actually visited twice i believe was the uh smithsonian um national museum of the american indian and you know obviously it was fun to like check out the history i'm a big history buff so you know i love that kind of stuff um, and, and to see the struggle of the American Indian, especially, uh, you know, during colonialization and all that good stuff, um, not so good stuff. Um, <laughs> it was, it was interesting and, and I think important to understand those things, the, the plight that they face. But, um, in the bottom floor, they have a food court type setup and it's set up by region and you can try food. Uh, based on different regions and different tribes and, and the type of stuff that they eat and or maybe once ate. I'm not 100% sure how authentic things were, but it was really cool and the food was really good. So we came back for more right. on, on a different twice. day. We ate there we twice. Did. It was um, just really the, – the the theming of that to me was really cool that they did it by region and it was probably inspired by 
the types of foods that they would have had available to them and, you know, how authentic the, you know, the food was is, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, it was sort of set up, I say quick service because I'm using Disney phraseology here, (laughs) but um, sort of set up grab and go type stuff. You know, you could walk up and order sort of almost like Chipotle in a way, maybe not as customizable, but, you know, short menus for the different regions. Um, I think one of the days that we went, we ate at sort of the Great Plains region. So they had, um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually bison, but, um, you know, things similar to what they would have eaten. Um, Really, just a really neat experience. It really well thought out, I thought, the theming there to at least take a nod to the different types of food that would have been available in those regions. So very interesting, uh, very interesting museum, um, very unique building structure. It's a very striking, beautiful building. So um, that's something that we always recommend to people. If you want, you know, um, something that's not too fussy for eating, um, you just want to pop into that beautiful museum, check out their, uh, check out their food court area. Just really interesting, um, really interesting eats there for something a little bit different and something unique. Um, so that kind of brings me to add that actually brings me to we need to highlight um, when we were in D.C. I don't remember a lot of our meals, but I, I do remember those at the uh, Native American Museum. And then also we found a really great little Asian restaurant near our hotel that we loved. What was the, it called? The Magic Gourd. The Magic Gourd. <laughs> yeah. So it was a little bit of a walk from uh, where our hotel was. And I think. I don't have the map pulled up in front of me right now, but I think it's nearby, not like next door, but near enough to the Kennedy Center for the Arts. Um, And it was just, it was one of those things. It's probably not the fanciest restaurant on earth, not the greatest Chinese food on earth, but what was cool, cool about it. And this is one of those more nuanced things that you'll find about the way we travel. Like we sat down and they brought hot tea and it was just, it was really nice, you know, and, you know, the Chinese restaurants that we had where we were living at that point in time, which was Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I don't think there was any Chinese restaurant that brought hot tea to the table and stuff like that. And so that was fun. And we just think back about that fondly. Like, I don't even remember what we ordered. The tea is what stuck out to us. And maybe you're used to that at your restaurant. But when you're traveling in different places, the things that stand out to you are the things that maybe don't necessarily happen all the time where you're from. And so that was unique for us. That was that was fun and memorable. And actually, you know, from what I do remember, the food was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was a quiet sort of tucked in there restaurant, you know, not really um, out in the main areas, but it was, um, a great little, it was a great little hidden spot and some really good tea and good food and nice atmosphere, quiet, which was nice. You know, sometimes you want those more quiet places. You don't always want to go to the most, uh, happening places all the time. So that was a really fun, um, little place that we found. So that really brings us to, um, the next, you know, What we've covered probably covered the span of about three days. Um, And then after that, we saved an entire day for really and truly what is my favorite 
experience when I go to D.C., and it's not even in the District of Columbia, um, we, I, we always take a day to go to Mount Vernon, which if you take the public transportation, which we definitely, you know, recommend in D.C. Uh, it's a great walking city, but also the metro, just public transportation there is, is easy to use and expensive to use. Definitely recommend. Yeah, that's that's probably our hot tip for DC is get a week long pass for the metro. Absolutely, yeah. you'll you will use every single dollar of it. So we we um, we got a bus out to Mount Vernon and really really spent the whole day out in Mount Vernon because I just remembered I told I, I told Caleb we need a whole day for it because I remember going there when I went in fifth grade and just absolutely loved it. And I'm sure that they've expanded things since then. And we just, we need a whole day in Mount Vernon because, because the grounds are beautiful. You know, you definitely want to see the house. You want to look out on the back porch and look over the Potomac river and imagine that you're George and Martha Washington and, you know, just have those moments. So we took a whole day to go out to Mount Vernon and we were not disappointed. The weather was beautiful, fall colors. Um, so absolutely beautiful day at Mount Vernon, um, toward the house, uh, ate lunch on the property at the, at that point they had a, a newer restaurant that they, um, put on property. That was a beautiful, uh, experience. I had some delicious, I think, I think pumpkin soup, you know, something very fall ish and, uh, really beautifully themed restaurant, um, just felt so colonial and, uh, of the time. And we really enjoyed that experience. Um, I know I'm always a big proponent of, of souvenirs. Anytime I go somewhere, it doesn't always have to be big, doesn't always have to be fancy, but you know, you got to have something to remember your trip by. Um, and I love getting souvenirs for people as well. But something that I definitely treated myself to uh, when we went to Mount Vernon was um, they had uh, Christmas ornaments that were small replicas of Martha Washington's china so if you don't know i'm about to tell you um my family uh on my mom's side were distantly related to martha so we have lots of jokes and stuff cousin martha aunt martha whatever (laughs) whatever she was so anyway i had to have some mini replicas of aunt martha's china and i still have that i still put that on my tree this year you know i got nine little replica plates of different styles and patterns that she had um some beautiful little china plates that still hang for my Christmas tree to this day. So that was my special little treat when I went to Mount Vernon. Um, we just had a wonderful time there and a great tour. Um, got to see their their tomb where they where their remains are, which is always a must when you go visit Mount Vernon. And um, I'm sure, I know since that we've been there, they've added on um, a good bit since... Uh, since then. So it's that in itself is a, is a daytime destination. You probably want almost a full day to visit Mount Vernon and to be able to walk the grounds and see the gardens. Um, in some areas, they've really painstakingly um, tried to recreate as much as possible. George Washington kept very detailed notes of his his gardens and um, their, their farm life there, their gardens. Um, and they've been able to recreate a good bit of it, which is just really cool. We just love that, um, those details. So I have to bring a small uh, editorial correction here. Oh. The soup that you had at Mount Vernon was not pumpkin soup. Oh. It was peanut soup. Oh, okay. Which to me 
is not appealing in the least. <laughs> but Chanel enjoyed it. And Maybe it had pumpkin seeds. That's I, I don't actually recall what, what I had to eat at Mount Vernon, but um, I really enjoyed Mount Vernon. I you know we This is where we actually did take the Nick Cage tour. We, uh, they had a tour based on um, National Treasure 2 because there's a scene that takes place at Mount Vernon. And uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was just, it was literally just a walk through to like the ice house or whatever, wherever they stored some stuff. So it wasn't like a whole, a whole tour, but we, we toured the house. That was cool. Um, getting to see where George Washington lived and retired after his service. Um, and then next, um, so one of the great things about Washington DC is there's all sorts of other museums and stuff like that, that, you know, you literally could fill your schedule with. I mean, you, you probably need a month to see it all. And um, so one of the things that we did was uh, we went to the Holocaust Museum. And I will say that the Holocaust Museum is a very somber place, a very um, emotional place as well. Um, to see what took place um, in the Holocaust and, and what... Um, what the the terrible atrocity that that was the slaughter of millions of Jews at the hands of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime, um, but I think that it is a very important thing to check out, um, especially uh, for people who are in school. Um, such an important part of history. Um, again, I am a history nerd, so um, I would strongly suggest checking out the Holocaust Museum. Uh, it's 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 hard to go through, but at the same time, I think that it is probably one of the most moving places, one of the most important pieces of history. And I'm so grateful that we have one here in the United States, just a memorial to that, and probably... Um, at at the end of the the tour of the museum, probably the most moving piece is, of it is you walk into this room where they've got um, some candles lit, um, and they've got the names of all the different concentration camps, and um, just really powerful and uh, important to remember. Um, so yeah, check out the Holocaust Museum; it's it's worth it for you. And then. I'll let you talk about it, but I'll introduce it. One of the things that we discovered towards the end of our trip, um, it was again referenced in that book that I had read, uh, The Lost Symbol, um, and it is the Botanical Gardens. And it is near the uh, Museum of the American Indian. It's near the Capitol. And uh, it is a really cool spot to stop in. Uh, the Botanical Garden. So, Chanel, why don't you chat about yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Um, just to say about the Holocaust Museum, just first, um, echo echo what Caleb said. It's it's a must-see if you have time for it, and uh, very serious, very somber. They do have, um, it's probably sensitive for children, so be careful. Uh, if you are traveling with little ones and they're old enough to get some of the concepts, there is part of the museum that is geared toward children. So it's it's age appropriate. You won't have to worry about anything really being scary for them or too much for them. So that's, I remember, I remember going to that when I went in fifth grade and that was the only part of the museum that we saw because they felt like that was fitting for us. But that was really engaging for children just to, 
on their level help them a little bit understand what was going on and what it would have been like to have been a child um going through that um very well done you know very done very well for for sensitive younger folk um so there's that um also i just had you know this is the fun part about travel you um different things happened at different times and we just happened to be there during a marathon um i think it was the uh maybe the marines marathon or something like that um really cool so we got to the the holocaust museum early because we get to everything early especially if caleb's involved if i'm involved we're gonna get there late if he's involved he'll get us there early (laughs) so we were waiting for the museum to open and we actually see um we see uh the marathon taking place i'm not sure what mile marker we were at but it was pretty it must have been pretty significant cuz we had these um this ladies drum team there that was cheering everybody on so enthusiastically as they were running their race it was just really cool to watch you know these people uh these marathoners running their race and these ladies just going bananas on the drums um cheering them on it actually i got a little bit teary um because it was just really cool cool to see the level of excitement and how much their cheering them on helped them in their race. So it was just really, really cool. And that's just one of the things that we love about traveling places. You never know what you're going to see, you know, um, there might be cool local events happening. And if there are, and if you can take time even out of your agenda to watch or witness or be a part of, that's always fun. That was really cool that morning that while waiting for the museum to open, we got to be spectators and we got to cheer um, cheer those veterans on in their race. So that was cool. Um, and then to kind of close this out, like we said, uh, the botanical gardens, that was one of the last things that we did in D.C. It was probably one of our contingency items, sort of like, oh yeah, if we're in that area or we just need something extra to do, which I guess is what happened. Um, we stumbled into the botanical gardens and really enjoyed it. It's probably a great place for bringing little ones. Um, kids love in natural settings, uh, natural surroundings. So getting to see some of this cool plant life indoors is always fun and kind of novel for kids. Um, I really personally enjoyed the orchid section. Um, they had a beautiful collection of orchids, um, just really fascinating. I mean, everywhere, just all kinds of different types, you know, very different from the varieties that you just often see in the grocery store that you can buy, um, from the smallest, tiniest, delicate little orchids to very elaborate, large ones. Um, the room was, you know, controlled, the, the environment was controlled so that they could grow well because they really need a humid environment. Um, so it was just really neat to see that orchid display and see just so many different kinds of orchids growing well and growing beautifully very similarly to similarly to how they would grow in nature so we can definitely recommend the botanical gardens um I think we rounded that day out with our second meal at the, like we said, the um, the Museum of the Native American. And um, like I said, we just loved that museum. And really, we just loved the, the food theming for that museum. So that, in a nutshell, was our 
DC trip, there's so much more to that city. Of course, there's so many more things. I think if we were to go back, there's some other spots we'd want to hit. We talked about the the uh, Museum of the Bible. We definitely would love to see that. Wouldn't mind checking out the zoo. Um, that was something I did in fifth grade. Didn't get to do when we went with Caleb, but so much to do there. And uh, I'll leave you with this travel tip taken from somebody who's been there. Uh, maybe check out getting a better backpack before you travel. Um, I wrecked my back on that trip, uh, so much so that I had to go to physical therapy for like <laughs> nine weeks after this trip. So, uh, might I advise, have um, the right gear. Yeah. Have the right gear. It's very important. I, and all joking aside, like it, it literally is very important. You don't want to really jack your back up right on a trip. Um, you're supposed to be enjoying your vacation. So uh, check out, I've seen a lot of these lately, the like one shoulder type sling bags. Um, in fact, I picked one up myself. Um, check those out as far as, you know, being able to bring your essentials. And on a future episode, we'll actually talk about um, tips for what to pack and what to bring along with you. Um, I made the mistake of bringing a heavy duty lap uh, laptop backpack and I may have been dumb enough to leave my laptop in the backpack while we traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure why I did that um, or if I even did that, but it, it jacked my back up. So, yeah, uh, we are That Vacation Co. Hit us up if you have any questions about Washington, D.C. We would love to answer those for you. That Vacation Co. on all social media accounts. And uh, leave us some love. If you like this episode, uh, leave us a review. That's the number one thing that you can do to help us. Uh, leave a review. Make sure you hit subscribe. And that is it for today. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. 